Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I am so excited for my first guest tonight. His name is Ira Shapiro. You know him. You love him. Author of a new book called The Betrayal, How Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans Abandoned America. Now, this just came out in May of this year, and I am so excited about it. He joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, sir? I'm great, Geraldine. Thanks, and thanks for having me with you. What a pleasure. I love the cover of this book. This may not really matter to you, but I just love it. I stared at it for a while and thought, I've got to get this book. And by the way, I will have it in my hands tomorrow. I'm so excited about that. Um, with you, your face in the front and Trump kind of hiding behind you. But your history um, automatically... Uh, one, one, go right ahead, sir. clarification. That's not me in the front. That's McConnell in the front. That's um, McConnell. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm the good-looking guy in the back of the book. <laughs> I saw that picture, too. I apologize, sir. Thank you for the clarity. Thank you so much. Um, you have definitely been involved in American politics and international trade for a long time, and you know what the Senate is all about. You have served us. You've, you have uh, written so many books that brought clarity to so many of us. And I'm just curious because... When we get to the point where we look at, especially as a Democrat, which is what I am, who I am, um, and I know that I have blamed Trump for just about everything. And I try to go back in history and say, okay, Geraldine, you can't blame everything on him, but I want to. And I can admit that. Um, but I also learned that there are so many others, like Mitch McConnell. I remember the first time I looked into his face, which was about a year ago. I had known and seen his, of course, his, everything he's done. But just to look into his eyes for the first time, I thought I was looking at evil. And I'm just curious to know if you ever thought of that when thinking of Mitch McConnell. Well, the purpose of my book, Geraldine, was to remind people that while Trump, in my mind, was a catastrophe for the country, the real failure of government was the Senate. The Senate had, the strong Senate has the responsibility for checks and balances, and particularly there's supposed to be a check on a president who would be abusing his powers. That was the idea of the Constitution. That was what the framers had in mind. And what we saw was that the weakened Senate over a long period of time that had declined from the Senate that we used to know, the weakened Senate could not deal and with Trump's assault on our democracy. So my book was about the Senate's failure 
And central to that failure was McConnell, who I believe to be a very, uh, very effective in pursuing his goals, but they're partisan goals, and he's been a disaster for the country. And for how long, sir, do you think this has been going on? Because Mitch McConnell has been in that office for so long in the Senate, and we have watched him unpeel um, so much of the legislature that we fought so hard for, and it's really disturbing. Many people look and say that I've heard, I've, I actually heard a conversa- overheard a conversation at a restaurant about politics, and they were talking about Mitch McConnell, and they, it seemed like there were both Republicans, Independents, as well as uh, Democrats at that table. And the argument said Mitch McConnell has to go no matter what all of us think he has to go and I know you agree with that but how do we get to the point where Americans know how to do that where the the house knows exactly what to do but the Senate will not follow well I think that first of all let me say we're having a week where we as Democrats can be excited about what the Senate has accomplished uh, just Today, they finished um, legislation that is really quite transformative in terms of climate change policy, prescription drug costs, and even taxing corporations. So for a moment, thanks to the leadership of President Biden and Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, we can feel good about the Senate. But the real but the point you're making, which I think is significant, McConnell has been an obstruction to Democratic presidents, first Obama and then Biden. Uh, And he was a bulldozer during the Trump years and gave us the radical majority on the Supreme Court that we now have. So what's the answer? Well, he's in office as long as the people of Kentucky keep him there. The way you diminish his power is to elect more Democratic senators in November. With more Democratic senators, his power goes down and we have we reduce we end his destructive reign by electing two to four more Democrats. Unfortunately, so many Americans don't believe in it anymore. They feel as though their votes don't count. There are people going after them saying, we are going to take your vote away. Here in the in St. Paul, our capital city, we've had that challenge with rent control. And the people said yes, and then all of a sudden the legislature came forward and went, no, 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 we, we'll let you you know what it's going to be. So when things like that happen, people get discouraged and they say, I'm never going to vote again. It's not real. It doesn't work. And it does work. So how do we get that tr- that um, feeling for Americans that say, we're going to be okay. We can fix this. Can we fix it after all that McConnell has done? I think we can fix it. I think that it's unfortunate that we have to battle up again and do what we did in 2018 when we elected a Democratic House that that then led to Trump's impeachment, 2020 when we elected Joe Biden as opposed to Donald Trump, and now in 2022 we have to do it again and elect more Senate Democrats. I think the stakes are very high, and I understand, I I agree with what you said, uh, Gerilyn, because I know that many people feel a certain despair and they feel anger, and it's not clear that they would translate it into political action. 
but I think they have to. I think we have to translate it into political action. And I do think we can feel better about the situation this week because of the legislation that we've passed and because of what Kansas did in terms of rejecting uh, the ban on abortion that they were trying that the they were trying to pass. It's very encouraging to see people actually responding to the threats to their freedom and rights. I am excited and I completely agree with you that what happened today was absolutely remarkable. I am so excited and so grateful for those that fought, those that started this on the path to to win this and I'm I'm just overjoyed, tears of joy. At the same time, uh, I'm kind of like you. You have McConnell derangement syndrome. <laughs> and, and you are obsessed with him. And that's my my challenge is every time his face is on the camera, every time his voice is on the radio, I get chills and I just want to scream. If enough of us came together, if enough of us, what percentage would you say of Americans would have to go to this fight and get rid of Mitch McConnell? How long do you think it would take for him to have to step down, if ever? Well, I think that he would. He is going to be the longest-serving Senate leader if he finishes this year and starts next year. He will break a record, and that's on his mind. I think he's got a large page in history that he's written, but I think it's a very dark legacy. I think that the Supreme Court that he's given us uh, is a disastrous situation for the, for the country. So the election, the people have to respond very strongly to the Republicans' attack on our democracy and the McConnell Supreme, the Trump McConnell Supreme Court. And if we produce the kind of results in the election that we can, I think that there will be some question about whether he will be kept in the leader, whether he will be able to retain his leadership. But there's no, no easy path, but there's no alternative but to win election. So can we talk a little bit about McConnell's minions, okay? We're talking Lindsey Graham and a few others, right, that stay yeah. by his side, it seems. And it's so frustrating. I don't know how they get away with that. Um, and so I, my disturbance over what McConnell has done through the years, uh, not just for people like me, people of color, but for the United States, I keep looking at those that support him in all of this um, derangement that he has. How do we stop Mitch McConnell, if he has a following of seven or eight different minions that are supporting and making sure that he gets done what he wants to get done, what can we do about that other than trying to vote for them, uh, that certain senators will go up for vote or, you know, at different times, depending on what's happening in that state? Um, I'm, I'm amazed at how they get to keep their jobs this long. Maybe we're at the point where we really need to consider changing that and making sure that only, you know, the senators can only stay in the Senate for so long. Well, I'm, I say? agree with you. I never, I never really believed in term limits. But when I see Chuck Grassley in Iowa running for an eighth term at the age of 88, mm -hmm. um, the idea of term limits starts to look very appealing. I think that what needs to be done, though, is to make the argument powerfully that 
the Republicans, the Republican policies are disfavored by the majority of the country. And that shows itself because what you've seen in the last couple of years is certain cases, and there was a gun safety bill where more Republicans than we would have expected actually joined the Democrats. The infrastructure bill where some of them, enough of them joined the Democrats to pass that. The semiconductor chips bill, the investment in the semiconductor industry was also, they realized, some of the Republicans realized they can't totally be obstructionist. At the same time, we then have to turn around and do something like the legislation today, which was only with Democrats. But I think McConnell's hold is weakening. And I think we just have to keep on pushing, voting and lobbying for progressive legislation. A hundred years ago or so, people were killed because they betrayed the country. You don't take this word lightly betrayal. It really meant a lot to you when writing this book. Tell me what that means to us today. Um, does it does it mean enough? Is it the word to use to get us to understand who is against us and who is for us? I didn't use the word lightly. You're right. Um, I said that McConnell and the Senate Republicans had betrayed us because they're the ones that have the fundamental responsibility. These privileged senators have the responsibility to check Donald Trump's assault on our democracy. They had the chance to do it. They failed to do it. And then they turned around in the last week of the election, uh, last two weeks of the election of 2020, and rammed through one more Supreme Court justice. Uh, to get a 6-3 majority that was a right-wing majority. So it's a betrayal because they betrayed their fundamental responsibility and because they did it in a year of crisis for our country. So I, I don't forgive them for it, and I blame not just McConnell, but the others that went along with him. Uh, in contrast, though, Minnesota has wonderful senators in Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith. Mm, And the legislation that passed today had a lot of work in it that Senator Smith and Senator Klobuchar contributed. That's what we need. We need those kind of people in the Senate, not the Lindsey Grahams and Mitch McConnells. The book is called Betrayal, How Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans Abandoned America. Get it uh, everywhere um, and make sure you read it because I'm sure going to make sure that I read it. Now, sir, um, I want to ask you about um, the responsibility. We have been taught um, as young people in, in my generation, uh, I'm 64 years old, and we were taught that voting was important, that your democracy is important, that you should fall in love with your country. Even after all the things that people of color have been through, we were still taught, fight for your country, fall in love with your country. And I'm just wondering if today one of the problems we have getting to this idea of betrayal is that we don't hear enough about it when the children come home from 
school. We don't hear enough about civics. We don't hear enough about what we are to do, what our role is to play when we have these characters like a Mitch McConnell, you know, acting against the population of the United States. Um, and that's terrifying to me. And so I'm wondering, because books, um, to me, are one of the most important. The people who write the history are the most important, like yourself. Okay, because we're going to know where we stand when our children are in their 60s and 70s. And we're going to share these stories with them and these books with them. So how do we move forward as one group to make sure that we can hold on to this democracy? Because I'm terrified that we won't. I think I think your fears are justified in the sense that we're facing an unprecedented assault on the democracy from a Republican Party that has moved from conservatism to radicalism, radicalism that takes the form of white nationalism and is getting continues to get worse. So I think at the voting, we have to deal with it at the political level. But I think you're raising a really important point about the lack of civic education My wife's an educator, and she's done a lot during the Trump years to try to increase civic awareness and civic education in the University of Maryland system. We have to educate the kids uh, about the country. We, we We don't have to hide from the failings of our country. We've got a lot to be proud of. We've got a lot that we have to make sure we can correct but we have to educate people to their response about the country the government and people's responsibilities and finally you said like mcconnell shapiro sees or you see yourself as playing the long game and that it's right to be depressed and that you think the only answer to all of this is to win I look forward to reading all of your books <laughs> as we go forward. I look forward to you advising uh, those that are in the Senate and even in the House and try to make this uh, work for the people of this country because the majority of us want to make sure that the majority of us can live and thrive. And for some reason, this Senate right now is just not doing it. I thank you so much for joining us tonight, sir. And people can get the book any and everywhere, correct? <laughs> Yeah, well, I have to say it's it's sold out, but it has been reordered. It's, it's available now again. But, Carolyn, I have to say also that I've had a number of interviews, and I don't know of any that have looked as carefully at the book and what the book is about as you have. So thank you for having me and for bringing me to your audience. Thank you so much, Mr. Shapiro. Thank you so much. Take care of you. Be well. Be Good care. night. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.